And we're back, and you are listening to Villain Cast, BJJ Antiheroes, with myself, Chris the Villain Pains, and Naki El Jefe Arshad. And welcome to Reap the Week. But first, a quick thank you to our members at In Theory BJJ, Concept Driven Jiu Jitsu. For fight commentary, technique and concept videos, private coaching, monthly webinars, and QA sessions, please visit www.patreon.com slash in theory BJJ. Nearly messed up there, didn't you? Yeah, I think I almost fucked <laughs> that up. Like, I was like, I, I think there's more W's here. I think I'm going to say five. Um, w, 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 W. I'm s- <laughs> Dude. Oh. oh, my brain's elsewhere. You can tell already. Yeah. Oh, um, is that just... or? Is it forced or is it just in general? Just in general. Oh, okay. Just one of those days. Mm. Um, so, I put out that we were back with Reap the Week and apparently people have generated so many questions over the holiday period. Oh, God. Um, and you've seen some of the questions that are coming up, Knack. You know what to expect with this. I had so. a quick glance. How- I was... I was working all through the day and I was like, let's I'd literally had five minutes on uh, social media going through my uh, Instagram stories and stuff. And it come up, I was like, oh, let's have a gander at this, what we, what the podcast's going to be like tonight. And some really interesting questions. Dude. We may I get cancelled. We may get cancelled. We keep trying, but we haven't yet. <laughs> like, I don't think I don't people think... are listening to us yet. <laughs> I don't think that whole cancelling thing is that real. Like, It depends who you are. <laughs> Well, no. Um, like, there's so many people that you know say, "Oh, the 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 you know, the the alphabet people or the woke police or anything like that's going to come after you." Like, no, like, <laughs> it's, it's rare that you see people act like because the amount of celebrities that are caught doing nefarious things. Like, oh, they're going to get cancelled after that. No, they haven't been. Like, they're doing specials and shit. Um, no, I think that. And again, like the. Don't get me started. Like how woke has been weaponized, and that yeah. everyone's just fearful they're getting it cancelled. And unless you do something fucking horrendous, but <laughs> fucking Charles Manson hasn't been cancelled. Like people still wear his fucking face on t-shirts. Like if you can't, if you can't go murder a bunch of people and get cancelled, what can you do? Um, <laughs> on that on that happy note. Uh, how have you been? I've been good. I've been busy and good. How about yourself? Dude. Well, I just got back from Finland. And then oh, did you go back to today or yesterday? Uh, no, I got back on Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, um, yeah. Fantastic. It was minus 27. <laughs> which is... that's And, and for anyone in, in the US listening to this, that's minus 17 Fahrenheit. Um, that's cold. Um, plus the wind chill on top of it, and like you go outside and the the hairs inside your nose would freeze within the first second. That's impressive. Have you ever um, experienced that before? That much cold, first no. time. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be interesting. First... I want to experience that. We well, think the difference between zero and twenty six degrees is pretty pronounced. That's the difference between wearing a thick coat and joggers and tank Short, top and yeah. shorts. So go the other way. <laughs> like that's, that's wearing a thick coat and being very fucking aware of how cold it is uh, even to the point that the, the sea had frozen I'm like that is impressive bonkers. Um, but it was a lot of fun good seminar, sauna, food was great uh, then I came back and went straight out to Market Drayton and did another seminar and that went really well I think some of the guys from that probably go listen to this maybe one of them if I'm lucky uh, nice. hope, you, hope you enjoyed the seminar folks uh come visit us in stafford so yeah it's good um, but dude knowing that class was on on monday i was so fucking jealous i just wanted to be there i get yeah. so homesick of like being in, in in class and like i can't wait to be back on the mats with there's no place like home go nor dorothy on this one um but anyway jimmy's mailbag Jimmy's mailbag is full today. <laughs> so, first one from the mailbag. 
Um, actually, I think this could be a two-parter. Uh, there's two questions here that are very similar. Uh, control points for defending and attacking leg entanglements and getting started with leg locks in a gym that doesn't really do leg locks. Your thoughts? Oh, which one should I answer first? Well, I think they're pretty much the exact same kind of question. Like, how would you start doing leg locks in a gym that doesn't do them? And what would you have to know about entanglements? Oh, do you reckon it was the same person asking it? No, I think it was just a, a people cool. are curious we'll, about legs. We'll I, think, two on one. I think it's starting to permeate into the general psyche now. Uh, how do you start leg locks? Uh, start leg locking people. <laughs> um, I mean, the control points really are, you want the knee line, don't you? You need to understand the knee line, the importance of keeping the knee line, how you control the knee line, how deep, which is something I think you're in a, you will uh, expand it a bit more, how deep you have to be to finish leg locks. Um, how, uh, I think one of the f- major, major skills you've got to develop when you start leg locks is your leg uh, dexterity and how you make hooks and uh, create wedges around the legs because hands we use for everything like you know our hands are quite versatile and we can do a lot of things with the arms and you know twist them in certain ways because we use them more than our legs you know legs are generally we use them for like what squatting lunging uh, walking running you know what I mean like but when it comes to leg locks kind of thing, like you, you're twisting your legs in different ways and you, you're inverting and it's not a natural thing you can't do without that. Like, you can't just put it, give it, say to someone, go start doing this. Like, for example, single leg X, if you were to like say to someone, go get just, that, that would probably be one of the simplest uh, holds you could argue, um, foot on the hip and foot inside. But for some people, just even looking at it and be like, they can't just get their legs right. They can't get the pinch, you know? Um, so yeah, that and understanding the whole inside outside thing, how that works, how you can attack the legs. I mean, we could write a book on this, innit? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I would, uh, I've, uh, you know, that group that I always talk about, the beginners that I've started doing the whole fundamentals with, we're still on the leg lock part since uh, early December. Um, so, and again, now, because I get them pummeling every session, I'm getting them staying, starting positions like single leg X, um, K, in, other inside where new kind of wedges that we're playing with and just telling them fight from there and just get your legs pummeling. I'm not bothered about who wins or who finishes. I want your control, five second control, you know, pinch, hold, twist, you know, and understand what you're doing, where you're doing. Because once you get through that part, because that's a fundamental, then the world is yours. Then you can pick which way you want to take your game, whether you want to be heel hooker, ankle locker, mix it up, um, whether you want to just use leg locks for sweeps. There's just... You've got to understand. Like, you've got to get that whole leg dexterity and pinches and wedges. You have to work on that first, I think. And I'm seeing good results for my guys because I'm rolled with them yet. But when I watch them roll each other, I'm like, I wasn't that good in two months with leg locks. <laughs> so once I put this up, Rob Cole, he did a ecological class at the Globetrotters camp last year, and that's just good up on Globetrotters. I'm pretty sure if. Uh, I'll do my best to remember, and I'll, I'll link to it um, to link to his class that he did. Uh, Rob Cole out of uh, out of Connecticut, um, mutual friend. Uh, we've yeah. met. Liquid we Rob, met. good lad. Yeah, he shout is. Out, yeah. Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! He has been on this uh, podcast. Um, yeah, good old Rob. Sick um, nickname, though, isn't it? Again. Sick nickname, Liquid. Yeah, yeah. People who know what he says about it, it's a sick nickname. Especially if you played like Metal yeah, exactly solid, solid like, snake. Liquid. You know what I mean? A liquid, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> solid Rob, a liquid Rob. Um, so, my, yeah, I, I again, I think you said it before, like you know, our ideas are so heavily entwined, it'd be hard to kind of separate us sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is where I have a, a bit of an issue with the whole going straight ecological. And I, I'm very much a kind of person that goes, there has to be input in places that make the most sense, but then ecological for other places that make the most sense and not just being one size fits all. Yeah. Um, and I think you can take a lot of the ideas, the the, the general concepts, such as when it comes to, to joint locks, working backwards. So... If I want to, if I want to do any sort of joint lock, it's always start at the end. Understand actually what you're doing to the joint. You don't break bones in jujitsu. You hyperextend joints. You tear joints. Um, you take them where they don't want to be. Uh, so understand what ligament you're doing in. 
And then once you understand that, you have the the two joints flanking the joint you want, the one closest to the core, which is your control joint, which is your positional joint. The one that you're then going to be twisting up or whatever is your submission joint. And then in the middle is your target joint that gets wrecked. You can apply that idea to every every submission, every joint submission. Um, so you can take a core concept like that, but then you need to know, like, right, well, what do I actually destroy in the knee? And you might have someone just to explain, right, these are ligaments that we're going to destroy, and this is how you break them. Once you've done that, um, you then need to look at, like, general, I'd say basic leg entanglements, so as in understand about uh, ashy and saddle and uh you know just like the bare bones right this is how you hold on to a leg you can then look at the ecological idea of drilling for inside or outside and that formula of if you're the inside based person okay in between the other person's legs that's inside clothes guard bottom of mount butterfly well that's whoever the inside person is is afforded leg locks so you can then ecologically train to find your way to those entanglements you can also then train quite open with the idea of latching onto that control joint and so i'd say that's probably the the core part if you're ever going to be doing um leg locks and especially in a gym that doesn't really do them is learn to hold the control like say for like five seconds if you can hold the control for five seconds then eventually when you're allowed to do legs and people feel more comfortable you're always going to get them but also then, because you're only holding on to the control and not putting on the lock, you won't scare people. And no one's going to move around frantically and hurt themselves. So I think yeah. you, could, you could safely teach heel hooks to everyone. Yeah, man. Beginners and up. Even in gyms that don't do legs, I think, with uh, with that kind of plan of like, you know, I'm not threatening you. I'm not threatening you a submission. I'm just getting used to the hold and giving you a chance to escape so it improves my holding. Um. But I think knowing the inside-outside theory is going to be critical to that. Like, if you want to get into legs and all you do is outside-based guards, you can have a hard time. Um, I think there has to be some input when it comes to, I say, positions. But then you can work on improving your personal grip and how you'd hold on to that control joint and not rushing for the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... It's, I think oh, Pornhub Jiu-Jitsu again. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think there's a, a you could definitely do a good mix of detail and concept there and ecological training to actually get a good basis of legs. Maybe we should do a video. Yeah, I'd be like these things done. Yeah, yeah, I've trialed it so and it's working. I'm like, oh, I could this. I'm going to teach them from moving forward. You know what I mean? Because these we'll are beginners. Put it on like in theory. Yeah, they are. Um, so most of them started uh, August. You know what I mean? So they're like six, mm-hmm. not even six months yet, and you know the half decent grapplers you know because i've done the whole fundamental the wrestling and all that and now it's we're learning legs and then we're going to stand back up and then we're going to play with leg locks you know what i mean and then we're going to do submissions afterwards so i've got it all kind of planned in my head but i'm watching them every week thinking they need a bit more time they need a bit more time in my head when i started the leg lock thing i thought i'm going to give them eight weeks and we're on week six now this week is going to be week seven uh, on mm. saturday so I'm thinking next week, yeah, and then week after. I mean, I've just got to the part where I've showed them the inside heel look. So I've done the yeah. ankle locks and I've done the outside heel look. So now, uh, and we've done single leg XX, the basic holding guards from four leg locks and then flowing between them and literally showed them the inside heel look on Saturday and going to spend more time on it. So the technical approach and then give them a week of ecological again. I might extend it another two weeks, give them time to get used to entering 411 and because 411 is new to them, I've only shown them that on Saturday. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and they only see me once a week. So, but for that, mate, like I could bring them in our gym and you could tell that they are part, like their style is very similar to all of us. You know what I mean? They've got the fundamentals. Um, and I'm amazed really because they only do it once a week, some some of them twice as well. So, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, the results are looking good. I, uh, funny enough, you should say that. I like the idea. Um, I mean, previously, I, I like kind of freedom to, for people to figure out their own way of doing jiu-jitsu in the gym. But also, uh, I saw a really good um, like podcast kind of quote thing by Sean Applegate um, recently. And he was talking about how if you're at a gym and everyone's just rolling in like completely different ways, then that coach has no control over what's happening in that gym. Like he has no style. He just like goes, right guys, just, just fight. And 
I like the idea that you know there's there's uh we've we've got a style uh, stylistically we're, we're considered wrestling heavy yeah but we don't, we being, don't do wrestling like, we, don't, we don't even do a wrestling class or takedowns <laughs> we just stay on top and it's considered a wrestling um so we have a style but then there is some obviously individual play in there as well yeah um but yeah i thought that was right i'm gonna have to find that quote i thought it was it was quite an interesting one but i think yeah legs are Legs aren't impossible. Actually, JJ Pages did a really good class in Arizona camp a couple of years ago where he said that if I can get your your leg on my hip, I can leg lock you. Mm. Like that's why Makes you sense. apply it to side or or you know bottom of neon belly and stuff. You can find leg locks. And I was like, I actually like that. If I can get my foot on your hip, or if I can get your leg on my hip, I can leg lock you. Yeah, um, makes sense. You're deep enough, are you? <laughs> that incorporates inside outside theory and, and like half guard, and I'm like. Yeah, I like that. It really boils it down. Yeah. You get someone's leg on your hip and then just latch onto their knee. And it's easier to latch high and fall down than it is to latch low and try and climb. Like Just, just get used to putting people's legs on your hip and latch onto their hip as tight as you can. I mean, going to quote Mr. Dan Aher from a seminar that I went to... I'm going to mute. Eight years ago. Because I'm going to laugh that off. Oh. <sighs> So this was at Braulio's gym eight, about eight years ago. Gordon was still wearing the Burger King crown and Mr. Dan Hur was doing a class on leg locks, uh, as you probably would back in those days. I was a bright-eyed purple belt. So this was about 2016, 2007, maybe in 2017, but definitely 16 then. And one of the things he said was when you're getting high up someone's leg, you need to imagine there's a double-ended dildo between your assholes and you're trying to hide that dildo. Um, I the sausage. And, pff, bigger than a sausage, dude. There's, <laughs> it's a double-ended sausage. This is this is full German bratwurst we're having here. And this is an 18 plus episode. Everyone is like, when I have to upload this, it even says like, is it explicit? And I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> silly uh, question but still it sticks in your head and other yeah. places um <laughs> it's not the it's in your head you've missed um no pun intended <laughs> exactly uh so yeah if it sticks in there um you did it right and so every i can't help but shift that all these years later every time i go for a leg lock i'm right hide it and I even scream that now in seminars and classes. I'm like, is that how, like, how big is this dildo? I can still see dildo. Like, hide the dildo. And people are there, like, like firing, watching one man fire his asshole into another man's asshole because they're just listening to me going, hide the dildo. And they're like, okay. I'm like, this is weird. And then jujitsu gets a weird reputation. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all in all, I think we could do a video on it, but uh, if you wanted to boil it down, um, don't finish the leg lock. You scare people. Um, anytime you can get their leg on your hip, just try and wrap around their leg in some way and wrap high enough that if there was a double-ended dildo, you wouldn't be able to find it. Um, and that's the basis of our leg lock system. Leg locks 101. So main control point, your asshole. Yeah. Um, next question. Good start, good start. Yes, yeah. If question one involves a double-ended dildo, we can only go up from here. Um, tips for using the elbow frame against bigger guys. I have my thoughts on this, which just are no thoughts. But um, your thoughts on elbows against bigger guys? I think, and this goes back to the whole, like, uh, what you said previously, that uh, you try and give freedom to people to play and find like give them a concept, but f make something work for themselves. Um, I think an elbow frame is a, a something on that line where it's not always the same with every person you do it with. I mean, what you're aiming for when you put the elbow again next to the trap slash neck, you're aiming for that little two two inch space on your elbow above up up. Uh, you know, you're trying to get to there so you can keep them away. But 
it may be different for you. Like you probably work it in a different way where it works for you or you shrimp a certain way. Um, like I've seen you do it. You would do a little bit different than me. I do a little bit different, but they both work in their own way and it's, we're still using the elbow frame. Uh, and I think one big thing that a lot of people mess up on the elbow frame is just because the elbow frame, they always try and meet the person with the elbows. Like you got to go meet them, but you can just extend it to a palm. Like it's there's a constant change between the palm and the elbow, palm and the elbow. The main goal is that you've got to have a frame between your bodies. Sometimes if you can't get the shoulder, you, just, you can poke it in their chest just to make them go back a bit and then get back to your position just so they're not pressuring you enough. Um, I think if someone's like really high on you, like tall, it's hard to even get the elbow up there because then you're giving them your armpit space. You know, you're going to get your shoulder torn apart. So I think it becomes a selection thing as well where you understand what the purpose of it is. And if they are making your elbow go above like your ears, then you need to shrimp or like start going backwards swimming, mate. Like your elbow frame has gone because um, they're going to pass. They're probably already halfway up your hips. So... Yeah, you need to let it go. And I think realization, and not just an elbow frame, it's a lot of position in jiu-jitsu and things that people do is like just hold on for dear life. And it's like that purpose of what you held it there for is gone. You need to flow and move to the next one. And you should have thought about that before. I mean, it's an experience thing, I know. But if you can start that early, and I've had this conversation with Raheem, if you can get keep working on these fundamental things from the beginning and understand these things, in the future, you're grappling, you'll, just, you'll understand it all. You can answer your own questions. You know, you don't need to pay someone to be like, yeah, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. You've got to play and understand how things work for you. And that's why I think a lot of people uh, like your style of teaching because of your conceptual approach, because it's for everyone. You know what I mean? And we mix it up. We do the technique and the concepts. And I think concepts, both have their place, like we both agree. But concepts give you the uh, option or the ability to then make things work for yourself. You know what I mean? Because you know what the goal is. You know how to get, or you want to get there. You just want to know how to get there. And everybody's bodies are different. And again, you're rolling against different people. So different body shapes, sizes. You always got to adjust. The way I latch onto your leg, I can't latch onto like, for example, I don't know, Morgan's leg. Size differences. You know what I mean? My, You might have better balance. I might have to latch on in a completely different way. But the yes. goal being that I have to create that wedge in some way and off balance you somehow, or, you know, let's use the term kazushi. I don't like using it, but yeah, people love you. People love it when you use Japanese words that they don't understand. But yeah. <laughs> no, I don't understand Japanese. Um, I've just tried. <laughs> uh, this sounds clever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my personal opinion is don't. <laughs> I, um, again, like it's, I've said it before in, in podcasts um, and seminars and videos, like jujitsu is a power game, and being the more powerful, bigger person really helps in a power game. And being underneath someone who's also more powerful, like being underneath someone who's your same weight, can be a problem if they're applying their weight correctly. Being underneath someone who's bigger than you, who's applying their weight and trying to hold you down. Even bigger problem. And to think that jiu-jitsu can... You know, jiu-jitsu is the expression of physics and physiology. Everything we do is an expression of physics and physiology. We're just... We're, we're, it's not magic. Like, if we're going to throw someone, there is a lever happening. There's um, center of gravity. All these different things are in play that I'm making it easier. And also my physiology about where I'm lifting from. Um, and so all these things are in play. And to think that you can fight physics and physiology um, and that there's a, a, a technique that's going to fix this. Um, and eventually all techniques will fail against bigger people. And yeah, you can elbow frame, but first off, don't be down there. Don't fight bigger people, which... It doesn't help, but I said before it was on the Rob Bernacki episode we did. Is that for every for for majority of people, our main form of competitions are people in our own gym. And I said I've been saying this in seminars. So uh, other sports, it's a measure of the of certain criteria. So if it's uh, like horse racing, they measure all the jockeys have to weigh in. You can't have a small jockey or a big jockey. It has to be all the jockeys were the same. So you're measuring the horse. If we're doing road cycling, uh, the bikes can't weigh 
less than a certain amount. So you're not measuring cyclists and a really light bike. You're measuring the cyclist because everyone's bike's the same. Um, it's the same with competition. We try and control the variables. We try and control for weight and size. We try and control for age and gender. And so you kind of within the, you know, a smaller amount of the power differential um, of uh, the people in your bracket. And then you're measuring the skill of the athlete. And, but then you get back to your own gym and all of a sudden you're fighting monsters who can be 50, 60 kilos bigger than you. And you think, well, jujitsu is not magic. And yeah, absolutely. You know, the elbow frame can work. There's nothing really extra to kind of add to it as in, you know, I need to keep a frame. I need to keep you away from my fucking body. I need to move the hell away from you. doesn't matter how big you are, but bigger people are just going to put more weight on you. So you're just going to be harder to get up. Yeah. Um, it's unavoidable. And anytime that, you know, it's like the amount of times I've, I've you know, had the question of people like saying, well, what if I've got really short legs and I want a triangle sword and it's got really big shoulders? <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't. There's other options, man. Yeah, just don't. Like, Sorry, I can't fix. I can't fix the fact you've got really short legs and they've got really big shoulders. Like this is a, again a a physical problem. I can't make you grow your legs or shorten their shoulders. So I don't know what you want me to do. Um, we're not fucking magi- We're not wizards. We can't bend reality. It's it's just physics and physiology. Um, <sighs> right. Dream nice. podcast guest. Who would you have on? If you could podcast with someone, who would you want to have on? Jiu-Jitsu World. Yeah, why not? Anyone. Jiu-Jitsu or anyone. Dead or alive? Well, like, if what? they're dead, they won't answer. I mean, but like... Oh, yeah, if not, they're dead, uh, maybe. No, but I mean like... <laughs> I mean like... <laughs> All right. Uh, alive <laughs> alive man I don't really like many like I'm not uh, probably it's, it's probably somebody in the sport world Habib Habib yeah I mean even though yeah. like you know he's done loads of podcasts and stuff Habib um, I don't know why but you know, Gaethje's like a very uh, in his own life. He's very social and he's out with people and stuff. Mm. I, I think he's got a good story. He'd be quite interesting. Um, let me think from someone in the jiu-jitsu world. Who do I really like in the jiu-jitsu world? Mm. I don't know, man. What do you think? Like, who do you um, like? Obviously, you do you you pick, pick the guests usually, so and it'd be all in touch with a few people. So, dream podcast guest. I don't know. I kind of enjoy just talking to anyone and everyone. Yeah, um, it's I like think, you can't yeah, have. Obviously, it'd be fun having like big names on. Like, you can, if I can get Danaher to talk to me on this, yeah, like, yeah, you know what I mean. Just because that'd be just a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can learn so much from different people. As in, you just give me anyone. I'm sure there's there's a, a thing about the world I don't know that I can learn off them. Um, yeah. Like, if I, if Rogan was on here, I'd ask him, like, how the fuck did you get so fucking big? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I what mean, did you do? Everybody's got interesting wizard. stories. You know, you can ask them and, you know, stories. Exactly. It's, it's like, yeah. Um, Dream. And just, uh, I think there's so many interesting people that I could just get interesting stories out of. Um and just how this? How did you do it? What did you mm. do? And how the fuck did you get there? Um, and it doesn't matter if they're a huge worldwide name or like I'd happily mm. get. Uh, you give me a white belt, you know, in jujitsu, yeah. But they could have other skills across yeah. many other things. Like I'll talk to fucking anyone if they've got yeah. something interesting and and can learn from. That's why it's so hard. Like um, we don't really we'll, we'll just talk to anyone. It's not a you know what I mean. No, it's hard to pick a I'm dream happy. thingy. Um, I mean, if I had to have a conversation with someone in the last thingy, Muhammad Ali is someone I'd love to speak to, like, you know what I mean? Get into the brain, yeah, get yeah. into his head, man. That would be an interesting conversation. But yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, there's so many lovely yeah. people, I'm sure. As long as they're a nice person, not a jackass. Exactly. Like, there's only you can space, have a conversation there's only space with for them. one on this podcast, and that's me. <laughs> there's only space for one asshole. Um, 
yeah, I'd like to. Uh, and uh, who else is there? Um, what was that favorite singer you used? I always take the piss out of. Hmm? That girl. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I pun. Oh, Taylor Swift. I Taylor get Taylor Swift on here in a heartbeat, dude. <laughs> Although you laugh, I've never put Taylor Swift on in the gym. Once you did, I think, when we asked. Can you remember? And you were like, you've never heard of Maybe. Taylor Swift? I'm like, rough, like, oh, nah, dude. man. Don't, don't threaten me. Otherwise, the <laughs> no. next few open mats are just Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh... <laughs> you wait. Um, but yeah, even her, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, it'd be interesting to talk to her. But yeah. also, like, how the fuck's your work ethic? Like, h- how do you even, like, d- do half the shit that you do? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I wonder if I can tell Swift on Villaincast. That'd make no you sense. Tagger, you were mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Oh, she's probably just got, she's only got her own Instagram. There's no way that she just sits there just doom scrolling like the rest of <laughs> us when she's making billions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, next question next question how to get more effective at hand fighting do more (laughs) it's like Oliver Tozer said to me when I asked him uh, when he came down I was like how do you get better cardio for uh, you know better cardio he says just roll more Um, but yeah do do more do more and don't just keep doing like if you think when you're doing it that it's getting boring now, it means that you need to move on, meaning you've got to find entries now. Like if it's getting boring to the stage where you're controlling people, but you're not getting close to them, like you're not going up the joints, not getting into head and arms, body locks or single legs or doubles. Like we need to start working your entries off them. Um, when I say do more, I, I, what I mean is start every role doing it. Uh, it's one of the best ways you can rack up reps, if you want to call that. But active reps, like active, it's active, not reps, not reps, not reps. I know it's the wrong word, but like you can, you can, you can, you, you get the, you're doing it without thinking about it. You have to do it. You know, it's not like where you start, like, for example, you're not sitting on the floor. You're not starting the role sitting like we start the role standing. Hence, which means you have to hand fight. I mean, even on the floor, you got to hand fight, but. We don't really pull guard, do we, unless we play gi? Well, I play gi, I pull guard. I just want to make that public. If you see me pulling guard, I've got a gi on. Or I'm against a really high-level wrestler, and I think I can leg lock him, yeah? They're the only times I'll pull guard. But anyway, just wanted to clear that for futures, because I don't pull guard. But yeah, um, yeah, I'd say start every role standing, if that's what you want to do, and your hand fighting will get better. And find, work your entries off it. Get closer. Get closer. That's the whole point of hand fighting. Like you want to get closer to your entries and defend your own self as well. So, <laughs> not quoting the man who stole from me. <laughs> I sound like a paranoid maniac. Who's uh, cool? Danaher. Um, oh, John. So, yeah. uh, I stole this from other people. I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> If you had to boil down how you... Again, I've said this in seminars. If you had to boil down how you guard pass, you need to get past the feet, you need to get past the knees. Once you get past the knees, that's the last joint in your way before you gain access to the body and you can gain gain access to the spine. And that can be either go over the knees, under the knees, around the knees, or through the knees. That is every guard pass ever. It's just me getting past your knees in some way to gain access to your spine. That's no different to hand fighting. Like, guard is just us hand fighting with our feet. Um, And so, yeah, and the more dexterity you have with your feet, like, that you can use them like hands, the better your guard is. Um... But the exact same rules apply. So if I had to get better at hand fighting, just know that I'm what the end goal is. I'm trying to gain access to your spine, either your head or your hips, um, or your or your center underneath your armpits. I'm gaining access to your core, your center, your your spine, and your your hands are in the way. Uh, I need to get past your hands, and then once I get past your hands, I need to get past your elbows. Once I'm past your elbows, the knees of the arms. Uh, I have access to your spine. The way I can do that is by either going over your elbows, under your elbows, around your elbows, or through your elbows. And so just 
basic hand fighting is there any scenario that i need to gain access to your spine i need to get past your elbows and i can just against someone who's increasing resistance in an ecological way um that's all i'm doing like you can think like any setup you ever think about the guillotine but like, say if you're in guard and i need to get a setup for the guillotine that involves me hand fighting every setup you've ever done is just a form of hand fighting and every setup then of hand fighting is just you getting past the elbows to gain access to the spine and you can pretty much use that idea of over under round or through to set up any fucking submission you want as long as it gets you access to the spine like you think that if i want to go for a guillotine i could go in between your arms and guillotine you i could parry your arms out the way go behind your elbows and guillotine you i could push your elbows down go over the top and guillotine you or could push your arms up and out the way and guillotine you whatever makes the most sense um so yeah i'd say it's just that just know that or what is actual hand fighting it's just getting past the elbows how do you get past the elbows? Over, under, round, and through. Same as you do to the guard. Um, and do it more often. Now, this is the question. Naki, we're halfway in. Ooh. This is the question you've been waiting for. Oh, no. I haven't thought of an answer, what? by the way. I haven't, but I'm sure I we're just gonna thought I'm going to... Yeah. What are we going to call it now? Now Stephen Hawking has gone to has been known to go to Epstein's Island. We have Hawking position from pre. I, I, I don't think this is a question for us. I think we need to ask. No, I was just going to say he named it, so we need to ask him. Put it on him. Like, I don't. <laughs> go, well, to be fair, I think we'd call a, a technique Epstein if we could. Because jujitsu is is so. Like politically correct sometimes. Like considering I started the first question on this podcast with a double ended dildo. Like I Hawking's. understand. I understand. So I think we keep it. I think um I'm sure I'm... there's probably like the, the Michael Jackson pass or something like that and Oh to be fair there is. I use it. There's a Carlton pass. <laughs> You remember the Carlton dance pass? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But I, da, I use da, a Michael da, Jackson da, da, da. pass where I go over the knees. I, I usually just grab my groin, put my hand in the air. Then... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, mate, like, who who cares? Like, you know, it's I know it's it's, it's a name and it's like it's the position in it, like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not like. I mean, if, if if there was a position called the Savile position, like, would we change that? Exactly. So it's one of them where, like, uh, I don't know. And it's, yeah, I think that if the name means that you understand, like, if you're doing the Hawking, then, I mean, I don't want to do it, but, like, you kind of know the position, don't you? Like, <laughs> Have you seen the, is it the Bad Friends podcast? With, is it Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee? I don't know. And I, oh, I have to send you a clip after this. Yeah, and they're yeah. just talking about Hawking going to the island. And I'm like, what you just did there? I'm like, dude, they they do way worse. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, I don't take the piss for <laughs> I think Hawking stays. I've not agreed with Hawking anyway. Um, yeah, we some people who call it that like Homer Simpson position or something. I've heard they call being that, that. Yeah, have you? I, I heard I just, I used to cut when the the original one before what you currently could does with Hawking. Magic shoulder, yeah. No, I used to call it Toy Story. Toy Story, you did, yes. Because it looks like it looks like the toys are falling over because Andy's coming. Yeah, um, and that I thought was way more friendly. Yeah, yeah. Than Stephen Hawking. Um, okay, we can use Toy Story then. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever sticks in your head. Um, no, that wasn't as fun as I thought it'd be. I know, oh, well. but. It's not like we really care, you know. It's it's a it's a name for the position. I don't even use it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a posi- lying on the floor. <laughs> not for me. Um, uh, this is an interesting one. Um, I don't think this is anyone who's actually been to my seminar. But how do you maximize learning from seminars or camps? Uh... I don't think it's on you. <laughs> 100% and 
Yeah, I I agree with you because like I haven't been to a seminar for a while. Uh, unless obviously in the Amsterdam camps seminars that we did there, but yeah, it is it is the person delivering it because I remember like when we used to do seminars when we were early when I was in my early year, belted years, um, and you'd only remember like one thing or maybe two things. You do it a bit and then you forget about it. Um, and then Preet came along and then he changed the whole way of how he did things and it kind of stuck the things that he did. And then obviously then you've gone and then changed that. And your seminar is sick, by the way. Um, I don't know. Even when you teach, Thank like, you. I'm, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad you're my teacher. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, Thank I don't you. Have to, That's very I, nice. I don't have to get you, pay for your tickets to come over and teach a seminar like we get the pleasure <laughs> of having you there. Um, and I take, I do have copied. I'm not gonna lie, I have copied your style. You know that, don't you? Like copy, uh, mix it, mix and match. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't think it's on. It's the, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's not on the student. I agree, or the the person paying. I mean, you can take notes in whatever way you feel that makes the most sense. I mean, I've taken notes at seminars. I've taken videos at seminars. I've done. I mean, our channel even though the videos are unlisted, we've got probably about 200 videos from previous seminars and camps. And they're not that worthwhile. They're kind of a waste. I'm just taking up space on YouTube. Um, it definitely is on the person delivering. And if that person delivering can be engaging and uh, teach, essentially. Because otherwise, like you're asking someone who doesn't really understand the technique to learn from someone who can't teach it. Yeah, and then you're blaming the student for that. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. If you were the really good teacher and you're still having issues, then it sucks to be you. Uh, but I'd say half the time it's just if you're feeling frustrated that you're not getting a lot out of seminars, it's not you. It's probably the person giving it, and um, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Like you have people who show techniques once or have really weird ways of explaining things or half the time it could just be someone showing, well, this is what I do from here. Great. Like, I, I don't understand how that helps me. Like, okay, I'm, I may end up there, but I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing necessarily. That's why you said like, you probably get one nugget out of it. Um, I mean, Christian Graugott, we do a really fun class where we, we just talk shit about jujitsu when we're at the camps. <laughs> And one of them is seminars are worthless for the most part because most people, most coaches can't teach. And whenever you get like a really, really, really high level black belt in, like a world champ level black belt, probably the stuff that you're going to teach you is probably not going to be worthwhile to you. And you're essentially paying for the photo at the end. You're paying 80 to 100 bucks just to have a photo with this person. Great. Fantastic. It's it's a, you're paying for a photo with someone. Um he may then go away and say, oh, game-changing, but then nothing gets adopted. I, it's a very small amount of techniques that I ever picked up from seminars. And Agreed. that's why I don't like te teaching how those seminars were done. And you know, that's why every time I do a seminar, I actually I go back and I ask the people, like, you know, I don't just leave. I say, right, how was it? You know, Give me feedback. Is there anything I could do better? Did the stuff make sense? Um, like uh, back in the fire service, every time we do a training exercise, um, you had to fill out a form called a PQ1 at the end. Um, PQ1, I think it was. And essentially, it was just like review the training session. Like, how was the delivery? Like, was the delivery good? Was the um, the content correct? Uh, was it delivered in a timely manner? Did you feel adequately prepared for the course? And, you know, you'd, you'd tick yes, yes, yes. But if there was ever a no, they'd have to go, right, well, fuck, we need to figure this out. What went wrong? And so that's why, like, I kind of almost unconsciously adopted the same of I'll ask people after seminars. I'll message them all and say, right, what's the general consensus? Was that okay? Is there anything I could do better? Was the content Okay. Um, cause I want to make sure that I, I, I joke and I say, you know, I want people to go away from the seminar and adopt everything that I've just said. You're paying for me to give you input. Um, I mean, I could just go away and wipe your tears with my money, uh, wipe away, you know, tears with your money. And it's like, 
great, okay, but... Uh... There's this uh, thing that I, w- I took from my teaching days, and it was basically a simple, very simple uh, marking strategy, if you want to call it. And it was basically two things, what went well, and even better if. Simple as that. And I've been using that in all my privates at any time I'm working or teaching. Or if I teach a class, I always like, like, what do you think went well? Anything good? And what would make it better? Yeah, or if there's anything that you didn't understand, or you know what I mean, I can make it better for next time. You know what I mean? I think feedback is very important. Yeah, I think we should. I think coaches should ask it. I think they should always ask it. They should always have that kind of like, right, well, and also that, and I essentially try and do that anyway with classes every goddamn day. Is I look at how people are doing the sparring and yeah, you, you ask know, me all I'm the time, like, the what do you think, and, dude? How did that go? You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're always asking me. Yeah, I, I care. Weirdly, um, <laughs> fucking villains. Um, right, last couple of questions. Oh, this is it's already a long one. Um, how to teach beginners sweeps in nogi? I already have thoughts on this. Sweeps in nogi, primed. Because mm. I think initially the question is all you know because it's easier in the gi. But I actually think. No, fuck it. Um, no, you've got to understand why why a sweep works, how it works, and the general uh, concept behind what is a sweep. Because like I swept someone today, it opened my literally. You know that uh, when they sit in that combat position, uh, and I'm in uh, and I'm in, in guard, I just pushed him over. You know what I mean? Like it's a sweep. Um, but if you want to get into like. Yeah, how do you teach him? Like, you've got to. It's wrestling, isn't it? It's wrestling. It's just ground wrestling. What are you making that face you can, for? You can see me trying to explode right now. Why? Um, because it's so simple. I. It's such a silly, silly question. Is that what is a sweep? It's me getting out from guard and yeah. getting on top of someone. Top or bottom? Yeah. Simple. Yeah. So if I just get my bottom leg out and get on top, that's how you teach them it. Just say right. Unless they're actively holding you down, get up and get on top of them. Yeah, I went a bit Win. deeper. I was thinking of butterfly and guards and that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like, in the general general gist of things, yeah, you literally just get out from the yeah. bottom. Just say to them, like, either get out, get out from underneath them somehow, um, unless they're holding you down. And as you get up, either push them onto their back or get on top of theirs. <laughs> and if you need to, like, shift their weight or anything like that. That's how you can do very basic sweeps for beginners. Like you don't have to teach them anything about guard or anything. Let's just say mm. like as soon as you hit the floor, get up and get on top of them. Like roll them in some way. Try and get them on their back. I don't give a shit. And just give them time to figure that out. And that yeah. alone will give them stronger sweeps than any drills. They'll yeah. be way more effective. Great foundation um, if you can do that from the beginning. Yeah. Just say as soon as your ass hits the floor, get the fuck up. Pull your bottom leg free and get on top of the other person again. There you go. Here's your two points. If you can put them on their back, perfect. Um, and I, that's why I don't believe, you know, in those kind of instances of teaching techniques, I don't think it's it's worth it. Especially beginners. You can give them such yeah, great beginners. foundation with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say it's easier. I'd say sweeps in the no-gi are even easier than the gi. It's the same shit. Just get up and get on top of them. Yeah, it's just And that's the thing is like, most people keeping their balance, you're going to have to wrestle them anyway. Yeah. Just get your hips higher than theirs. Um, oh, it's so, it's so <laughs> simple. It's so simple. Last question. Any tripod modif- modifications you'd make for Guy? No. In passing guard? No. No. Tripod's still stable. Yeah, yeah. Tripod's stable. It's just grips may change. Posting wear may change because, <clears throat> you know, if you've got that grappling grip, Usually on the inside knee, you can post inside the knee and grip the cloth. So it's just the grip, I think, that changes. The stance doesn't change, the idea behind it. I think when you're in guard, especially close, because they can collar choke you, it's still, you've got to be more conscious about it. But no, it doesn't change. You don't you don't change, change the structure, really. It's all about balance, like, you know, moving around, yeah. shifting. No, there's um, nothing. Nothing changes. No, uh Still, I think you can you can get just as much in the gi and, as in no gi of just keep your balance. Yeah. Uh, that's it, and you could, and you know, if I'm looking for for any sort of tripod, is I'm still gonna, you know, okay, I might have to adjust things when you're putting weight on, pulling me in some way. I might have to shift my weight so that your your grip becomes a little less worth, a little more worthless. 
But at the same time, I'm like, I just need to keep my balance and adjust my tripod accordingly. If you start going around my neck, then we have a problem. But there's no different anyway. Like, I, yeah. I'd care about you wrapping up anything. And no, I'd say that, you know, I think the main thing is that you have to be super aware of someone feeding your lapels underneath your legs. Yeah. Nah. The fight that we have over that shit. <sighs> I know. But even then, just I still try and keep a tripod because it's still a stable structure. I just try yeah. to stay upright. Even if <laughs> I'm sorry. My legs up. <laughs> I just um, uh, like I don't know what it is. Like my game doesn't change, but as soon as you get put a gi on, the grips just change. I don't know why or how. It's just like this change. You fight the jacket. <laughs> yeah. You fight the jacket. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm um, like, but uh, no gi. I've got that problem. My grips are what they are. But I just love pulling the lapel. I, I think it's just easy control. Yeah. Uh, just staying upright. I think you just stay upright. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't uh, make life hard. And it's again, it's like I think because balance is an athletic skill. It's something that you can gain and you can lose. And so I think for for any 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 growth in the tripod, I don't think there's many modifications you can make that matter in the gear or no gear when you're first no. doing it. No. I think just spending more and more time tripoding and not falling over and yeah. gaining that uh, athletic skill um, that'd serve you more than any kind of detail modifications. Yeah. Um, just longer. Just don't fall over. Every time you fall over, you've put an end to your balance learning exercise. Stay upright, you'll learn more. I love the fact that we can ask questions and get so many in. The mailbag yeah. felt full today. Yeah. The bag felt full to exploding. In nearly an hour today. Um, it's fantastic. Thank you for everyone for sending in your questions. Yeah, yeah, I, love, questions. I love... It's also given us ideas for videos, so expect the uh, initial leg explanation on In Theory BJJ. Uh, that'll be coming up. I'm pretty sure we could probably put that up before the weekend. Uh, there'll be webinars if you want to ask that question as well and get it live. There'll be webinars for the end of the month. Uh, there's always classes getting put up on the regular YouTube channel for, for free view. Um, yeah, and me and Naki are always available to talk on Discord and if you can find yeah. us or... Instagram. Instagram or anything. Uh, and this is, yeah, awesome week of the week. Told you it's going to be a good one. Told you it's going to be one of them for the books tonight. As soon as I see my Instagram exploding, I'm like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> this is it. Reap the Week is back. Um, other than that, thank you for, for listening in. Thank you for still joining us. Uh, this has been Reap the Week with Christopher Villain Paines and Naki El Hefe Arshad. Good night. Good night. <laughs>